1: Welcome to another episode of Five Out. When you say five out, what do you mean by that? Basketball is coming back in a little bit over a month and a half. And we've already got some ridiculous takes, including one from Scal regarding why the Celtics are the favorite to come out of the East. I don't know if the Celtics are my team coming out of the East, but his reason, I definitely don't agree with. But that's not even the most egregious thing we've heard in the past week. Ty has a bit from Daryl Morey that's about as annoying a comment as you're going to hear. If you haven't already, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at 5outpod.
0: And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be alright with it.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with
0: it. I'm just
1: trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. Yeah. So did you have any doubt when you knew the guys were going to ask Scal that question regarding Jalen Rose and the Celtics coming out of the East? Did you have any doubt in your mind that Scal was going to pick the Celtics?
2: No, I didn't, but I think the logic that he used for it was completely different than Jalen Rose. Like, I think the first thing Scout pointed to was Brad Stevens and like how he's going to shine through all this because he can just buy like little bits and timeouts here and that he's really going to be like the MVP of this like run that he thinks they're going to have. So he didn't say it like, you know, Jalen Rose said it to where if it was a pickup game, you pick Giannis and like the next three to four or five guys of the six are going to be Celtics. Like, you could make that angle and say talent-wise, they stack up with the rest of the league. But Scal's main point was, like, Brad Stevens is the guy that's going to put him over the top. And, like, this environment where there's no, I guess, home-court advantage or, I guess, to the disadvantage of, like, a team like the uh, the Sixers, who mm-hmm. now completely lose that, and then you're playing them in the first round. So I think he factored in, like, all of these weird variables, and then Brad Stevens somehow raising his game here, and that was his reason for choosing them. So it wasn't surprising he chose them. It's surprising that he went with, led with Brad as his number one reason. But there was another thing I want to ask you about with Scout. We can get to it later in the same interview, kind of off-topic, about a Celtics-related question that I just don't understand.
1: Okay. I, I do want to hear that in a second. The the, the Brad Stevens stuff, I mean, I, I think Scout was picking the Bucks like during the course of the season and everything. I think he was giving them was that he? respect. And, and, I mean, anybody who wasn't picking the Bucks was – is only kidding themselves. I thought the Celtics right. had a chance, but I was always going to give the Bucks the edge until, you know, if Giannis went down, obviously then they're screwed. And if Chris Middleton goes down, then they're in a lot of trouble. But to, to go and say that Brad Stevens is the reason it's like, Scal's not even trying to hide it, that they're boys. You know what I mean? Like, that, like they, they, I don't know yeah. if you knew that I did the players. And I think like people in those coaching circles, like
2: Scal is a guy who coached like one year in the NBA with the Warriors like in a very early run, like 2012, 2013, one season after really? he was done playing. Yeah, he was in the Warriors. He, yeah, and it was that. so it was so funny. When I was a manager at IUPUI, Scal and the Golden State Warriors, led by Steph and Monte Ellis, showed up to uh, my, my campus and needed a gym in downtown Indy. They were playing the Pacers the next night. So I was in charge of opening up the gym, and I knew Scal because – Scal had just retired as a bull. Like I think I didn't, I don't think he retired as a bull or as a free agent or what, but he decided like, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to try and get into yeah. coaching. And so he's a warrior's assistant. And so long story short, I saw Scal when the one year he was in the NBA as a coach. But my point is, I think uh, in an NBA playing circles and in just in the coaching realm, Scal probably kind of considers him still a coach at some point. But I think in those realms, Brad Stevens is considered like a God. Like he is, unbelievable at uh drawing up atos which are after timeout plays uh baseline out of bla- baseline out of bounds i can't speak english just plays where that can give his team an easy basket that the other teams just kind of throw the ball in and play one-on-one mm-hmm. like brad gives his team a couple extra baskets per game that other coaches might not and so i think Scal may be leading on to that point but like you said, he's kind of – it does seem like he's boys with them. But the yeah, point I wanted to are. bring up to you was in that same interview with Scal, he was telling Glenn for sure Jalen uh, – I'm sorry, Jason Tatum is a top-10 player. Like, said it without a doubt. Like uh,
1: just, Yeah, again, like, that's, that's Scal – that's – I mean – Look, I don't like to do this, but we've talked about it multiple times. How yeah. it's NBC Sports Boston. You have to consider that sort of thing. I mean, they carry their games. I believe the like have yeah. a part ownership and it scals an ex-player. Like you said, he's he's an ex-coach. I didn't even realize that factor in it all, too. So yeah, I mean you say, you're gonna say that about Jason Tatum. Could he be? I think Absolutely. so. Is he there? No. Uh no, I don't say he's there. Because you know what the other thing is, Ty, when you say that the, when when Jalen Rose is saying that you pick Giannis, the fir- he's the first player out of the East you pick, if it's, we're talking a pickup game, then the next, whatever he said, four to six guys are Celtics. Uh, are we forgetting about Pascal Siakam? And are we automatically just yeah. definitely not picking jo- Joel Embiid in all this too? I'm not saying I necessarily would, but are, are we just like no questions asked, not picking Joel Embiid? I feel like it's a lot closer than that. Sure, the top, if you go through the top 10 guys you're picking, you will have more Celtics than anybody, if you're just doing the Eastern Conference, but I, just to be dismissive like that, and say yeah, and so no, I, I don't agree with Scal's take on that at all. That's that's homerism at its finest.
2: Yeah, so he he said that like for sure he's a top ten player, and so Wei of course like is writing up you know opinions that Scal had yesterday and today and resurfacing them, and so uh, Dan Greenberg Stooley, uh on what's his Twitter handle. It's like Suley Greenberg or something like that. Anyways, he saw it mm-hmm. and he he retweeted the Wei story and he disagreed with it. If if Dan Greenberg, Mister Green Teamer, disagrees with your Celtics take and says no way, Jason Tatum not a top ten player, I'm probably going to side with him because even he can't even put on the blinders and agree no. that Jason Tatum. Is a top if I 10 was player. writing
1: if I was writing that up when things get back to normal, hopefully that happens as you know as soon as possible after that July 31st date. Yep. Uh, if I was writing that though, uh, I would have probably written that Scal is off on that. I think he uh, we talked we we did an episode on it where we talked about is he a top fifteen guy? Which right. Which at the end of it all, yeah, it looks like he's a top fifteen guy. He can get to top ten, top five might be aggressive, but I mean that's we're not there yet. But top ten could happen. He's just it that he's not at that stage yet. I, I cannot believe. I'm surprised if Scal said that, but it, I am. I am, but I'm not at the same time because there's this whole thing that we, you know, of course, if an athlete plays, if guys who play at a certain level or individuals that play at a certain level, we automatically respect them because they've played against people who are so talented. They were talented themselves. They learned things. They you think they're more knowledgeable about the game. But just because they were there, that does not always mean they know more than everybody, or that doesn't also mean that they're going to give their full-fledged opinion. It's definitely we're definitely not seeing all of it on air when it comes to Scout. I mean, I'm sure there's there are some criticisms that he has that we just don't hear.
2: So where would you fall on the outlook for the Celtics? Are you putting them in the Eastern Conference Finals, like uh, like Glenn is? He has them losing in seven to Milwaukee.
1: Oh, well, uh, really? Scott put your neck has, on the line.
2: Yeah, he he. he so Glenn, this week is like saying, "Oh, you know, I'm shredding the uh, the cute little team narrative. They don't deserve that label. I think that, you know the stars are aligning for a deep run." And I'm like, "Well, how do you get rid of the cute little team moniker, which basically says you're a good team, but you're not good enough to win it?" And and say the stars are aligning for a deep run, and that deep run ends into losing in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals to Milwaukee. That like that he's saying all of that, and then the result is still. A cute little Mm -hmm. team like
1: Glenn's been claiming
2: yeah but I think
1: but well well if we're gonna like dissect nitpick how Glenn says things (laughs) he was thinking the he was thinking that they were gonna lose to the Sixers possibly in the first round he did not like that matchup at all so by his definition of where they stood but where he thought they stood before yeah it's not a cute little team anymore I mean when you're the final four teams Ty and you and you lose in seven games I don't think you're a cute little team, even if you go and get blown out in Game Seven or in t- Terry Rozier chokes after he was, you know, b- became a hero and everything. I I still have a hard time saying that's a cute little team. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you're a long way away from being one of the final two teams, but you're not a cute little team. I, I think that I still think that Eastern Conference Finals is is possible. I'm not, I, I really don't like saying seven games because I feel like it's just such a cop-out and it's like, oh, you know, I could really, if, because that way if the Celtics win, then he's like, I said it was going to go to seven games. You know, I really thought they had a chance. It's, I have no problem being wrong. Like, we, I can see it see, now. Yep. Yeah. I we, like, I can't see the future. None of us can. Sometimes you just, you got to put your ne- neck out on the line. Sometimes I don't see the Celtics losing in five. I would tend to, if I was a betting man, I would say the Celtics will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they will lose in six games. Whoa, big difference, but when you look back on it, four four to two versus four to three, yeah, there's a pretty significant difference in it, but I am yep. convinced that the Bucs are going to win the Eastern Conference still. But it only takes one injury for them. For the Celtics, they may be able to withstand – one depending on who it is like if it's hayward they could possibly withstand that
2: i would probably have them losing in five or six i'm not so sure about even six i think i would probably lean towards five to the bucks in the eastern conference finals and i think I, i'm trying to consider if they did still have the home court you know playoffs whatever you can go play in the garden and then go back and play milwaukee like that is a huge difference in the nba playoffs like I don't know what it is about just sleeping in your own bed or shooting in your own rims or if it's just the fans or what, but the NBA does some weird stuff in terms of home court advantage. And that can buy you a win or two in a series, let alone because that could be the matter of three to five points. You know, you're shooting free throws, whatever Mm -hmm. Like that could without having that home court advantage. Now, like does that hurt really? Like, does that extremely hurt a team like Philly or does that make them a team that was great at home? Not so good. And it all kind of cancels out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And for all those who don't know, I mean, it it happened a couple days after we did our last episode, but the NBA starting back up on July 31st, we're going to see 22 teams down there for, for Celtics purposes. All you're going to see is one additional Eastern conference team, the wizards who are vying for that eighth spot. I mean, it takes a lot to get that seventh spot or having a potential play in game. The only way you're going to see a play in game on either side is if that ninth seeded team is four is trailing the eighth seeded team by four games or less for the Celtics. The thing that matters for them most is at least holding on to that third seed or possibly moving up to the fourth seed because that is still within range for them too. Ty, they are only eight; they were three and a half games behind the Raptors going into the hiatus. But when it comes to the home court advantage, so obviously the only team that kind of has it is is the Magic because they're you know they're not far from their family and everything like that, but still different. I don't think it's going to hurt the Sixers as much as everyone. Wants it to. I think it's more, it's a neutral site. We're not, they're not dealing, like, yes, you're on the road, but you're not dealing with that crowd that can sometimes be an issue. So I think, and I think that plays in well for the Celtics too, because you have these younger guys who, yes, they've seen it, they've dealt with with road crowds and everything like that, but it's gone. You're totally taking that out of the equation. Whereas some of these guys are, I mean, now again, the Sixers don't have that home court advantage where they have their own fans that hurts them too because they do so well there. So I, I'm not certain on the Sixers how much it's going to impact them, but I do think when you look at someone like the Celtics, you look at the Raptors, and you know then the whole Clippers and Lakers, that throws things off for them too because now the Lakers are not going to have that advantage over the Clippers because, let's be honest, all those games are going to feel like Lakers home games. So yeah. for some of these teams that would lose out on that home court advantage against the Bucks or the Lakers or – I'm sure, and there are other teams you could pick out of that. I think for them, that makes a that makes a huge difference that they don't have to deal with that element. With the Sixers, it's a weird situation just because how good they are in one spot and how bad they are in the other. I almost wonder, does that like does it cancel it out, and then it's just whatever. I'm trying to think of maybe what is the one way the Celtics could make that run
2: that, that Gwen's talking about where the stars align. Is it well, Gordon is it Gordon Hayward is it is is he if he breaks out and shows like he's had all his time off he should be 100% healthy. If mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward can legitimately become a 15 to 20 point a game score, like the guy that we know he can be, mm-hmm. is that enough to put him in the in the uh in the
1: NBA finals? Okay, you want me to put on my I'll put on my green my green hat and tell you exactly how it works how it works out for them perfectly. They had, what was it? It was less than 20 games. I think it was 17, maybe 16 games where all six of their best players were healthy. Um, and that's Marcus Smart being in there, Daniel Tice being in there as well. They never, like those guys were never all healthy. So you're dealing with that. And, and now Kemba Walker too, we saw at the end, it was looking like his knee was a real problem. Obviously he had to sit out and when he came back. Even having- forget that that was a bad situation. Exactly. So as much as, and and Matt might've been the one that brought it up a a little while back, as much as we didn't have, uh, or as much as Joel Embiid has had time to recover and Ben Simmons has had time to bounce back too, and and everybody else, whoever you want to pull out of there, you don't, Kemba Walker was just like that too. And Gordon Hayward for that matter too, who's had nagging issues. I think that's, I think that's huge for him as well. I mean, but we'll see. But anyways, let's, if they're all healthy going into this, then they can finally have that defense that they've wanted to have. They can have that offensive flow that they needed. And and even then, Jason Tatum was really blossoming, right? I mean, he's, he's in this conversation of being top 15. Jalen Brown has grown a lot too. And now you have Kemba Walker coming back, and he can look more like his early season self. And he's, already, and he's a guy who can take that step back. So now I think the possibilities are endless on the offensive end. And I think defensively too, Daniel Tice has shown a lot. And, and you have... You have that you have all the guys in there to fit into Brad Stevens scheme where you're trying to defend the paint by not letting anybody in there, not letting any offense flow through there. Now it looks a lot different. Guys arrested, all this stuff. So if I'm put like that's how I see it, if I'm putting on like my, my green colored glasses and how it works out perfectly to get at least where Glenn's talking about.
2: That's yeah, that's the start of the lining situation that Glenn's been throwing out, except his ends within, you know, one step short of the ultimate series in the NBA finals, but yeah. There's a lot of big questions here. Um, there's a lot of people saying that this deserves like an asterisk. I don't understand oh, that.
1: No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, is there, do you see any other Avenue for the Celtics in them getting there too? Do you have any, is there anything you think that I missed or that won't work out? Well?
2: Um, I think maybe Giannis getting COVID like that could probably help them. Um, <laughs> other <than> that, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it's, you laugh, but I think that's going to be something that happens. I don't know about Yana specifically, but there might be a star player or two that gets it, that puts them out for 14 days. Do you see Sham Sharani? He said, if you leave the bubble, not even just get coronavirus, mm-hmm. if you leave the Orlando uh, campus environment bubble, whatever they're calling it, 10 days in quarantine and two negative coronavirus tests. So if Jason Tatum decides yeah, to go right. down the street, if you don't go down the, <clears throat> down the street to McDonald's, on a international drive and someone photographs him there Jason Tatum misses the next 10 days and has two coronavirus tests
1: that's very true that's the so point th-
2: all of these players will now be tested seriously their commitment to their team and not trying to leave that bubble to i don't know score some food or women or weed or whatever like there's going to be temptations for them to leave the bubble and and the, and the t- the team that that is very strict and has some self discipline might end up being the big winner in this so we'll see this is
1: true and and i'm sure that's why that you have all these people putting an asterisk next to it and i you know what i I hate about all this is the the all the asterisk talk whenever i have to write about it i realize i I always we say asterisk and it's asterisk and so i always have a tough time spelling that word but um on a more serious note I think we're seeing now – like I appreciate Richard Jefferson. He was talking to Doris Burke on, on um, ESPN's Twitter the other day saying how they no, – there's no, there's no asterisk next to this because everybody's dealing with the same shit like we talked about. Right. It'd be one thing – now, if, if an eighth-seeded team goes and wins this or a seventh-seeded, yes, we're all going to look at it and say that is very strange. Even if everybody's healthy and all things – everything's like clicking for everybody and then somehow – this seventh or eighth seed wins it it will look very strange but you can't put an asterisk next to it because guess what they're everybody's dealing with the same shit there's there's no two ways about it like legitimately the only way that it would look i guess you could say if a ninth seeded team somehow won it you could put an asterisk next to it because then it's like they wanted a play-in game and there's never a play-in game that is the only way outside of that no i'm like it's everybody's dealt with this bullshit and you're all going to have right. to deal with it, and you're all going to have to survive. I, I don't understand. Like, I don't get that approach in any of this at all. It's just I think it's you get some people who want to make it look like well, if that team wins, or if it's guys that I don't like that that win it, then yeah, it, then it doesn't really count. It's not really a big deal. And then you have Shaq who's talking about it, and I get it. Shaq's won it and plenty of times and very successful. I love Shaq. When you go and do that, man, like who are you trying to keep down? Who are you trying to st- stop from from having this success and enjoying a title? It, it to me is just a weird look, especially when the older guys, the retired guys, do it. Now,
2: if James Harden wins the NBA title, then we may have to really consider putting uh, a asterisk on there. Oh yeah, I'm
1: fine. Uh, you know what? That's the only instance that I'm okay with it. If James Harden wins it. Daryl Morey
2: said yesterday, James Harden is a basketball genius, and he feels bad waking up every single day that he has not been able to put a title contending team or winning team
1: around James. Basketball genius, though. He actually said that? Mm-hmm. That is so stupid. I don't get it. Like James Harden is still a man at the end of the day. and Who talks about another human being like that? I am so sad that I can't put a championship team around him. Like that's what I don't get. I, I was listening to Sham Sham speaking to him was on another podcast. I think it was for Complex Sports and I heard like there was a guy who was a Nets fan on there and he said how I want someone who's got, you know, championship experience or or whatever, pedigree, something like that. Why why is it that everybody always looks at it as like you you have to be you have to put all these guys who know who've been there. Don't get me wrong, you want experience. You don't you can't just win solely on youth, but it was like yeah. they have to have done something. That always has to be that way. Well, they did right. something with somebody else already. And now you got to and that's the, building a championship team on James Harden. First of all, you have freaking Russell Westbrook there. I, I say what you want, but he's an he's an elite talent in the league and he's an, you know MVP and everything like that. But you, you, how about James does a little bit of a little bit on his end too. all these elite guys. If he's a basketball genius and he's the greatest scorer of all time, then wouldn't you think he can kind of lift other people up around him and elevate their game? I mean, that's one of the things we saw with Michael Jordan, right? In the documentary. Yeah. He did it in a way that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but Larry Bird, same thing. He would go and lift guys up in a different manner. Magic Johnson. You could sure I'm sure you could say the same thing, why is James Harden not doing that? I, I I don't I don't understand that at all if he's if he's a, g- a basket, basketball genius type.
2: Oh. Gosh. Yeah, if we if we were in the studio we would have that drop on on loop. It would piss off Matt, but yeah, he called him a basketball genius and that uh, he regrets waking up every single day cuz he has not won a title yet.
1: How could you say that? You regret waking up every single day. Re-
2: regrets that he hasn't won yeah. uh, James the title yet. Not to say he, he regrets waking up each day, but regrets waking up as a loser, I guess, not as a champion.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I get, That was ridiculous. If there's anything you of, regret, regret it's losing the NBA millions of dollars. I understand yeah, if you that, maybe had yeah, a that, just cause, but Jesus. Much better.
2: Oh, I was going to say, question. for the asterisk talk, I think it's so stupid for the team. You mentioned it. I mean, it's a great point. It's an even playing field for all these teams. Why are we going to give it to one team? Because they, they have the same challenges and hurdles as everyone else. Like, I think asterisk should be in, involved for, like, player stats and player achievements. Like, Barry Bonds, when he was the home run leader, mm-hmm. give him the asterisk. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, those are asterisks asterisk deserving players Mm -hmm. in terms of the records. I couldn't even say the word there. It's kind of hard to say.
1: Dude, it's such a pain Um, in the ass, man. Don't, don't see. And I shouldn't have said it before because now I'm trying to say it right. And I'm struggling too. Yeah. But like, you're a baseball fan back in the, what the
2: thirties, forties and fifties, when there was a war and players were gone, like those guys got asterisk or don't, I don't know. I don't know. Those are deserving scenarios, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's like you have it on their baseball reference page that they didn't play. I think there's like asterisk there that's saying they didn't play. They were serving in the war. That's really what right. that comes down to. I mean, but you don't. But even then, Ty, when people talk about the greatest hitter of all time around here, you're looked at. I, I don't know how many people outside of Massachusetts or the New England area consider Ted Williams the greatest hitter of all time. But you look at his numbers; they're ridiculous, and he was away for three years because of the war. So yeah, I mean, th- that's a legitimate asterisk. But even then, now we're still talking about, you put, and, and actually Richard Jefferson talked about some of this too. He said the Astros, you don't have, a, there's not a an actual asterisk next to their title. They still want it. No one's put that there. You talk about the home runs, Barry Bonds, people are still trying to get him into the Hall of Fame because a lot of people were using it at the time. That's the thing. A lot of people were using them at the time. Does it make it okay? No, but it's just a, it's just the way it is. So when you're dealing with a situation like this, yeah. I mean, everybody's dealing with the same bullshit. I think it's even, I think it's even tougher to come back and be the team that perseveres through all this because you brought up that. I mean, I didn't even think about that. I'm looking at the, the bubble situation. It's like, Well, you're there for a little while. You're there with your, your teammates and your, most of you guys are friends or you have your guys you're close with and you just play basketball while you're there and you got to suck it up for a little while. And some of you are going to go home pretty damn quick. And if it looks like you have a legitimate shot at the title, I feel like it's a lot easier to sacrifice but I didn't even think about that. There are still going to be those temptations that are absolutely there. So if guys can persevere through that shit too, then they deserve it. I don't I see what I mean. Like it's bullshit. If I'm if I'm reading everything correctly
2: and putting two and two together, the NBA players will be going six weeks without getting laid. Their families cannot be in the bubble with them for up to six weeks.
1: Really? They so can- it, 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 okay. That's There's
2: no there's no women unless they want to hook up with the people that work at like I guess uh, <sighs> the hotels or whatever like there's extreme temptations for the, these guys to leave the bubble like there's women all over Orlando medical marijuana is like 0.2 miles away from Walt Disney World I looked it up on Google Maps during the show like <laughs> International Drive has some of the greatest restaurants in the world like there's
1: a lot of stuff for these guys to be tempted on and mm-hmm. to leave the bubble, so um, I well, I, if you show them the the Florida Project, which Lucy recommended to me, and John Anderson tried to get them to watch for the Dale and Keith Movie Club, they won't they won't venture outside of Disney World. I'll tell you that because it was ooh. what and is it the Florida Project? It is a it is a sad movie about life just outside of Disney World, and um, it was it was a very depressing movie. Maybe the most depressing movie I've ever seen, and I've seen Requiem. I'll, for a I'll watch it. There we go. It's on Netflix. I'm telling you, dude, you're going to watch it and you're – afterward, I'll be stunned if you don't feel really sad because I did. I was like, I, I, Don't ever – anybody that deals with Lucy, don't ever go by her movie recommendations because you're just going to be sad afterwards. It's freaking awful. Um, but anyways, that's, that's a whole other thing. Like James
2: Harden. James Harden, like I was just saying, if these players have to go six weeks without sex, James Harden <laughs> loves going to strip clubs. Like that is why he sucks on the road because he's literally pictured this photographic proof of him at strip clubs on the road and him being there until like 2 a.m. Like he, he loves going to strip clubs on the road. Is he going <laughs> to do that in Orlando? He, I mean, he's going to run out of strip clubs real fast. And A, he's not even allowed to do it because it's against the rules. You can't leave the bubble. So
1: Yeah, that's going to be, yeah. They, I mean, this, I just don't, like, it's playoff time. Seriously. Like stra- strap in, get set up. You got to suck it up. This is the only time this, this, you know, knock on wood. This is the only time anything like this is ever going to happen, and then you move on. But you know, the, uh, the the people that everybody was waiting to see come back possibly for all this, and we're not going to see them are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And I told you, like, when we, I mean, did we first talk about it last week or was it the week before? But Kyrie was, Irving was yeah. was a pipe dream. It's, he's been a pipe dream the entire time. He would legitimately only have come back if Kevin Durant did. And even then, that still wasn't a guarantee that he was going to come back because from the jump, they've been saying he won't be ready until September. So it's it, so anybody who wants to look at Kyrie and say, oh, he's soft for not coming back, which I haven't seen that as much out there. I mean, heck, even Perk isn't giving him shit for it. You're, it's it's not about softness. Based on what they've said from the start before coronavirus was like ever an issue for all of the U.S., Kyrie Irving has been expected to be out until September, roughly. So him not playing was a pipe dream. But Kevin Durant, his whole thing was I was never planning on playing. He had said it back in February that he was not going to come back. That was when he finally first addressed it. But the entire – see, I get you want to have hype and hope around a team, but I really hate this kind of shit. Whereas at the beginning of the year – You, they were saying we don't expect it to happen, and that's what the Nets were saying. And then Kevin Durant's like, Well, like, that's what they said. You you don't need to ask me when they're they, they speak for me, too. No, 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 you were not planning on coming back. Like, that's why when these guys get annoyed that they get asked questions 15 different ways, and it's like the same question, why do you think we ask you? Because you don't tell the truth all the time, you didn't tell us that you weren't going to go and you, you were going to miss the entire season. That was the plan from the start. And I've been sticking to it. No, not you're just telling Mark Spears that now. Great that Mark Spears got it, but we've been waiting on this for, for a, an entire year. And, and now we just find out you never plan on coming back. I didn't think he was going to play because of his Achilles injury. I thought now maybe under the normal format, hell no. But now I thought there might be a chance, but it's just, no, I was just planning on taking the entire year off. Cool. Just chilling. Durant would be in these
2: interviews and would say, like, I'm not coming back, not coming back. But he would post, like, workout videos of him looking great. And there'd be reports from, I don't know, the play-by-play guy from... Uh, An that says, Ian Eagle was even keeping the door open for it. Like, there's mm-hmm. some people that were connected to Durant, as well as Durant, that weren't laying out the fat... Like, they weren't leaving um, any trail to say that, like, he's done. Like, they were leaving the door open. The door yes. was certainly open by their actions, not by like their words.
0: Yeah. So that's exactly. the way
2: people were judging it. So, like, if he looks great in these workout videos on Instagram, like, why can't he come back and play? Like, he left the door open for a reason. And I wonder if it's, if the first round matchup is the reason that he decided to pull out. Like, it looks like it's going to be the Raptors they
1: If they, yeah, if, they Raptors, if they make the seventh seed, the Raptors, yeah.
2: Raptors would be or tough. Or and even before that, they were looking at if it was a one to 16 format. It'd be against the Lakers. Like, that was a really tough matchup. And then basically, we heard that Kyrie wasn't going to come back. And I think that is what truly closed the door for him. I think if Kyrie would have came back, he probably would have really considered it, if not actually done it. But I think without Kyrie, he's like, well, I don't have a chance. I'm not, I came back too early with the Warriors and popped my Achilles. I'm not doing that again, especially for a team that I've never played with before, ever in my life. And my co star who's hurt, he's going to be out. No, I'll wait till
1: 2021. I think even if Kyrie was good to go, I, I mean, based on what he said, he wasn't going to play. So why do Did we assume go? that? He, I, I really, I, I, for a while now, I've been kind of had this developing opinion that it was ever since the Jordan doc, actually, with Jordan and the the White Sox situation and everything. He he leaves and then he comes back and it creates this whole media sensation. And everything, right? Because he was gone, everybody wanted him there. It's like, well, you know, I I don't know how the ratings did in the for the NBA at that time, but I'm sure they took a hit because they didn't want to see him leave. So all this is going on, and then he comes back, and then everybody's worshiping even more at the altar of Michael Jordan. Everybody's glad to see him back and everything, except for the guys he played against. When it comes to when it comes to Kevin Durant, it's kind of the same thing. I I mean, that's how I look at it. He he he's gone for the entire year. He's not available. He's hurt. And we see the ratings go down and everything like that. Now, I'm sure there are other factors in all of it, too. But I think Kevin Durant not playing was a pretty significant one. So you go and take him out of the equation. Now it's like, I want to see what happens. I'm sure Durant knew that stuff about Jordan. I think he tried to see how things panned out. And once he saw it going in this direction, then it's like, you know what? let's just no way I'm not coming back at all because then it, then it gives some justification to this title. If I'm not there, then people will look at it differently. And, and I'm sure they will. Cause you don't have Durant, you don't have Steph, you don't have clay Thompson. doesn't matter. They're not in the same team. They're just not playing this year. I think that's, I think that's pretty significant at the end of it all. And I think he sends that because he has good business people around him. And if you want to say he's a good businessman too, sure. But that's my call it a conspiracy theory. But that's kind of the one I've had developing for a little bit. I mean, it's certainly possible. And thinking about that first
2: round matchup, you said it was Raptors and Nets, the 2-7 matchup. At least it is right now on their current standings. Right. The Celtics are three games back from Toronto with, what, eight to play? They're going to play eight games? Yes, eight games. And I think two of those eight are against Toronto. I know one for sure, right? Is it two or one?
1: Because um, that's, that,
2: I guess my point is it's not an insurmountable lead. Like They can they can definitely still make that up. It's not so, a sure thing the Celtics are going to play, uh, play the Sixers.
1: So the last game the Celtics were supposed to play, I have I actually have the schedule in front of me. Um, the last game the Celtics were supposed to play was on March 12th, and that was against the Bucks. And then the way the format works, just so everybody knows, is you play the next eight teams that were supposed to be on your schedule, and then if there's a team that's – On your schedule, like in this case for the Celtics, they had the Bulls as their third game. They're not going to be down there. They just skip that game. There will have to be adjustments made along the way because there are some teams who play one team twice, but the other team gets to eight games without playing that second game, so whatever. But right now, if the Celtics were to just play the next eight teams that they have on their schedule, it would be the Bucks, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Nets, the Wizards again, then the uh, Grizzlies, then the Blazers and then the Heat, that would be their schedule. So they only have the Raptors once in all this, but things could change as needed too. That That's
2: five and three at worst, right?
1: I would say so. I mean, you would think that the Bucks game is, we'll, we'll chalk it up as a loss. They should win both Wizards games. Um, they should win that Nets game. Yeah, I, I would think that the only games that are really in question are Bucks, Raptors, Heat. That's pretty much it, yeah. That was yeah, the only thing that think, they could lose. I think if you lose the Bucks, he
2: lose to the Raptors and then he loses the heat, your best three teams of that remain in your schedule. Then nobody feels good going into the playoffs. And you're mm-hmm. probably like, you probably have no shot, but I think seven and one out of that group is certainly possible. And if you do the go seven and one and the one loss is to Milwaukee. How are you not getting the second seed?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't have the Raptors scheduled for me, but I, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, it's it's definitely attainable for them and the thing is it should be I mean I want to say it should be priority number one but it's again this is such a weird situation where everybody's trying to kind of get their legs underneath them and whatnot and you're trying to get ready for the postseason in the process after not having played for months yeah it's this is and that's the thing it will be strange I but I this won't I don't the the one thing I'm fairly confident about this. Will not turn into the NHL postseason. There's no way that we're going to see these ridiculous level of upsets in the course of this. That would be that would be a bit much for me. But looking ahead to looking ahead past the season because we did get a bit of news out of Atlanta today. The Hawks GM Travis and I say his name wrong all the time. Schlenk told reporters that the NBA has indicated to GMs that next year's schedule could be condensed in order to try to keep the league as close to its usual timeline as possible. And we had and this is from Tim Bontemps who was on the conference call with reporters. I think it's a little strange, Ty, that we're seeing this after we had heard from Atlanta that they'd like to see the schedule stay something close to, you know, starting in December and ending later on. So you're avoiding football altogether. I don't get why now they're all, all of a sudden like it wasn't just the, it was Atlanta, but then we're hearing people around the league and this is getting talked talked about and things are floated around by Woj and shams and players saying they kind of like it. I just think it's a little odd now that it's like yeah, yeah no yeah we're we're gonna try and get back to normal. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how this benefits anybody.
2: What how does the schedule being condensed and trying to get it in its normal time frame, although it starts in December, but it would end in June. Like, what is the point of that? I, I don't understand because if you're going to have a condensed schedule and then you're having more back-to-backs, that means your star players are sitting out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: you're screwing over the fans who are buying tickets and going to your games. Your television audiences are seeing less of LeBron James and Kawhi and Duran, all these guys who are going to sit out. Yep. And then you're, so you're devaluing your ticket and your TV products for what reason? Like you said, you're not going it up against football. You could still end the season in August and not go against football and have a normal schedule, and still have the December start that they, that everybody's been talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you. I don't know what's being gained by sticking to your schedule and then condensing it with less days off. You're going to create more injuries. I just don't know what what's the point. Yeah, it.
1: it's just such as it's so strange. Like when you when we hear these different rumors, it just makes it really we like left and right. That's what makes it so hard to know what to believe. I mean, did the league actually ever want it? Or maybe it's just that after they talked about it enough, they were like, you know what? We don't need to go and try and shift things. It's okay that we, we had a rough year. We didn't have some of our important players. Now we just know how important some of these guys are in the course of things. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Because like that, that's the only logical explanation to it where it, all this traction was behind it where they wanted to avoid football. But clearly, they're not worried about avoiding it. Which, personally, I'm glad. I like that. I don't want to have it being played in the summer. That was one of the things that—that's one of the things I like most about covering the NBA. Is you don't have to worry about, you know, it goes. Yeah, you have free agency and everything, but that's really it. And you don't have to worry about the games. You can enjoy the summer, and then when wintertime rolls around and everything. But the other thing we brought up last time was. You you talk about uh, the draft and and that's getting moved to October fifteenth this year, which I mean that makes sense. That's you know right like game seven, a possible game seven will be October twelfth. Okay, fine. But the draft for that that to be the future of the NBA draft that wouldn't work. That wouldn't make any sense because you're going to have guys go from college and then yeah they're sitting out uh, they're they're resting or whatever till the 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 combine and everything. But now it's that's in June. So you go from stopping in March at the latest to then picking things up in June to now stopping in March, and then you don't play again until – well, you don't, you don't get drafted until October and don't play till December? I feel like that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense.
2: No, it doesn't. But then again, don't you hear a lot – like I don't know if it happens – it probably does happen more in the NFL, but also in the NBA. A lot of those guys that play college basketball, that play deep into March – have like nonstop workouts flying around the country to meet teams, go to the NBA combine, mm-hmm. you get drafted. Then you go to your training camp and it's like kind of that, that whole transition from college to pro seems to be a big blur for a lot of players. So maybe that actually be a good thing.
1: Maybe it would like be. And then maybe I, they could, could change. Maybe they could be. And then they have, they start a, yeah, but then you couldn't really have a league because the NBA would be going on in the course for all, but it would be cool if you could do, or if you did that with the G league and you have a team where it's like these, there's these draft. These draft prospect teams. Maybe you could do something like that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it could work out in the end. Maybe there there is something there. But it doesn't look like they're they're looking into that at all. They're, you know, they, they have their whole G League setup and and I think they're doing a pretty good job with that and trying to develop that and put some you know, maybe the other thing is too that they're, they're trying to put some pressure on the NCAA, clearly. In the course of things, and trying to remove the middleman, but the the pro, the, the prolonged layoff in general is going to be weird for guys like that. That that will be because Kevin Durant, right? That's someone who who won't have played since June of last year, and he's going to be picking up a ball again. If what games are starting in December, you have training camp in November. And and talk about like having a, a hangover from the title. Whoever goes and wins it that year, I'd bet. I'm sure. I don't. I I would imagine you cannot bet on somebody not winning the title but whoever wins the title next year and whoever comes in second I'd be stunned if those are the two teams that are in the finals in 2021 because you're going to have no recovery time you're going to be you're going to be done in October and then hey pick up the ball again in November and we're rolling right away in December there's no shot
2: now I think Durant, if he did come back he would have been off for I think 11 almost 12 months not a full 12 but like, the timeline for a lot of guys who have come back from the Achilles injury at older ages have been much shorter. So, like, I know he had a horrible injury and came back too soon, and people are kind of putting on the Warriors for that happening. But, like, Kobe came back at age 35 after popping his Achilles after, like, seven or eight months. Mm. Wes Matthews did it, although he's not an explosive player like Durant and Kobe, but he did it in, I think, eight months at, like, 32 years old. Like there Rudy Gay did it in way less time too. Like these guys mm-hmm. who have done it at an older age than KD in three to four months less time than he has. I know K D hasn't been like in an NBA facility I'm telling you, man. in the world class rehab, but like shouldn't he get
1: shit for this or no? Like I think he should uh, be. No back. one's gonna no one's gonna give K D shit for this. No, I've I've thought about that for a while that it's strange that he that he's not coming that well see the thing is under the regular season format the normal situation i was like no he's not there's no way he's coming back it, it wouldn't make sense for him to do it he we, he might be ready late but even then it's it's you're pushing your luck because it's such a brutal injury so I, I i wouldn't have blamed him there but now yeah i do think it's a little bit odd but I, I like i said Ty, that i that's why i think there's some credence to that theory that i was cooking up before because it's just and the other thing is too, he's part. It's a product of a different era. That's the other thing you got to consider. Kobe and KD did not grow up in the same way. Now you all, everybody's all about rest and taking their time and being safe and and everything. So, it's it's a little different. Like that. That's that. Like I understand that and I recognize that too. So that, that, I think that's part of it. And that's why guys definitely won't give him crap for it.
2: I mean, DeMarcus Cousins' career's basically like been over since he popped his Achilles. In 2018, yeah. he's done he's nothing, like absolutely nothing. He can't He can't even like work out for free at the Lakers facility. They can't come out. they released his ass.
1: Yeah, but I did see some – I don't remember who reported it, but someone said how, oh, DeMarcus Cousins could end up being a uh, – he could end up signing with the Heat. And I think logistically he would be allowed to – because he had a contract with the Lakers and everything, he would be allowed to sign with the team if they wanted him and obviously if they could fit him on there. But I don't know if that, I mean, is that going to happen? That be that would be wild to see the Heat add Demarcus Cousins for a playoff run. That'd be kind of cool. Well, if the Lakers don't
2: do it, then I can't blame Demarcus for taking another deal. I mean, if he chooses more money somewhere else, then that probably would look be a shitty look and you know bad optics, as Glenn mm-hmm. would say. But I mean, if the Heat add him, why why couldn't he be useful? Yeah, you telling me that he couldn't be as useful as Kelly Olynyk? I mean, he's no Bam Adebayo, but Kelly Olynyk. Like he can yeah. do what Kelly does.
1: Totally agree with you. All right. Well, as everybody knows, we did not have uh, we did not have Matt on today because he was too busy playing athletic director. Understandably, that's his job. We will have him on, I'm sure, again next week. But do you have anything else, Ty, to add before we get rolling? James Harden, basketball genius. That's it. We will talk to you all again next week. What
2: it do, baby? Yeah, you already know.
1: I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I
2: got no resolutions. i just hoping
0: for some.